space anime. Well, some things happened. <laughs> a thing <laughs> or two. Sure. A thing or two has occurred in this series of episodes. Last session, our good boy Ty Tuesday was saying, "Boy, something better happen next session." Kuo and I are kind of like Kuo and I are kind of like uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? It could be anything. Well, Yang always wins. I want to see Yang lose. Oh, I want to see Yang lose, and then Yakubo and G up in the back. Just uh. <laughs> and here's the just thing. Wait. I'm going to tell you next time. More things are going to happen. So <laughs> good, <laughs> good. Uh, so yeah, we're doing episode 80 to 84 today, and uh, a lot of shit happens. Uh, this is. Definitely the payoff for the buildup, uh, and I kind of like the way everything was done. Um, they, so it, yeah, let's, let's yeah, like it's interesting going into this because it both like has some cliched effects, but it also like betrays some of the expectations you had. So it, it does some things in a way that I was like, I didn't think they were going to, but I really was hoping, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so. Reinhardt uh, is on his way to join the battle and gets the news that uh, Bittenfield popped off and Fahrenheit fucking died, uh, and he is super mad about this because what? they took huge losses for ignoring, basically just ignoring his orders yeah, straight yeah. up. He also like pretty much got baited. He also just perfectly predicted what Bittenfeld did. He's like, oh, I probably just go to Bittenfeld to attacking or something. Yeah, Fuck. they get the news yeah, they were like, fighting. And he's like, oh yeah, Bittenfeld got angry and did something stupid. He was like, yeah, he probably. He's like, <laughs> all right, I'm willing to guess. He, he, he's like, I'm willing to bet Yang set a trap, Bittenfield knew it was a trap, and then still went in anyway. And it's like, dead on exactly what happened. <laughs> so yeah, Bittenfield shows up on Ryan's ship, uh, tells him what happened. He's very apologetic and is willing to take any punishment that Ryan is about to deal to him. But uh, Ryan goes easy, saying that it's a, I think he said, committed a fault befitting of his character. Like, he knew he was a fucking idiot, so, like, you really can't blame an idiot for doing that. Yeah. Like, he was basically like, you know what, it was at least what you did made sense, even if it was wrong, you're predictable. It wasn't like he fucking just, like, ran from a fight in the middle of it, which would, you know, Be make totally Reinhardt, like, immediately lose his mind. Yeah. yeah. So, he uh, takes, like, I think he puts him on leave or something, he doesn't let Bittenfield do anything for a while, but... Well, no, he tells him, he's like, I need you here at my side for this next battle. This is going to be a tough one. I need everyone here. So he actually, like, straight up told him, like, yeah, you're helping. Around. Yeah. Hmm. So um, we cut over to uh, the Free Planet Alliance side real quick. Well, I guess Yang's fleet side. Uh, Murkatz is sad that Fahrenheit died. Uh, so he skips out on this meeting that Yang is having with all of his people. Um, we learned that Dusty has mined the entrance to the corridor, and their whole idea is they're going to try to get him to slowly break through this minefield and then shoot him as they do it. So, uh, Ryan, they're just going to use Zephyr particles to punch one clean hole and walk in. Yeah, yeah. So Reinhardt is saying like we have to get through this minefield. This fight's going to be tough. It's going to suck. Um, they, he knows that the mines are obviously a stalling tactic and a tactic to funnel them into like one area that's easy to shoot. Uh, Rutenthal comes up with a plan and Reinhardt approves of it. Uh, they talk about this plan and during the course of uh, talking about this, Mittmeyer and Rutenthal like, kind of wonder who could beat Rutenthal in a fair up fight. And they come down to the list of Reinhardt, Gang, Mittmeyer, and Murkatz. And so they're glad that three of the five of those people are on the Galactic Empire side. <laughs> they have like the majority there. So the fight starts out. Um, they start clearing up the mines. The mine fleet Clearing fleet has some scrimmages. It's 
pretty much goes as I expect in the beginning. They try shooting the Zephyr particles through and blowing a hole. But instead of going through one big hole, they go through five small holes that are spread out. So this makes it so Ryan, or Yang's fleet can't, you know, efficiently bottleneck them they just don't have enough yeah Yeah. they don't have enough to fight five fronts at the same time they can overwhelm one location with concentrated fire but yeah splitting it up into five or six like that they just there's going to be a couple of them getting in and that's life Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so they establish a bridgehead through the minefield and the fleet gets through um we see a couple scenes but a lot of this is just like fleet battle stuff mintmeyer tries some fancy flanking maneuver and the narrator is like normally this would work but it's so chaotic and crazy in this corridor that even mintmeyer and his ingeniousness can't get it to work yeah, um, it's supposed so, yeah, to it show just, it's supposed to show the trade-off going on because they're trying to just overwhelm yang just by sheer numbers but he can coordinate so much faster and they've got all these people squished up in the corridor that there's just communication problems and people are yeah fucking up. like the like, they were just going for a really simple plan of, like, mid-right, both go back, and then left go forward on the side. But the problem is, like, right was going back too slowly, left wasn't going back, like, you know, like, all that stuff. Like, the movements were just off enough that the formations weren't effective. Yeah, yeah. so Mittenmeyer, who was on Ryan's ship, goes to his own to command shit better, so he goes off to the front lines. I have Dusty shows them the Joseph Joestar. Dusty just runs away in one of the fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, what are, what are we going to do, Dusty? We're totally overwhelmed. He's like, we're going to fucking run, and we're going to hope they walk into a rake or something. I don't know, man. Like, we're out. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that happens in this episode is Murkatz comes up with a plan that Yang approves of. They do a faint attack to the right that's, like, obvious. Not kind of obvious, but, like, they try to shift the battle lines to like one side of the corridor. And then during this, uh, Marino, who is one of the uh, gang's admirals, does a surprise attack. And he goes in and he's able to actually kill Steinmetz, which is one of the admirals that was there. Um, Reinhardt's watching this and he realized that since Steinmetz dies, the Galactic Empire line might fall. Um, so, Rutenthal. Once, once again, I, I should point out Steinmetz, he, as he was dying on the bridge. It was because half his body was crushed by a column. Yeah, they, I swear to fucking hazard. God, those things have killed more people than bitten fells. Yeah, fuckers. no, the Galactic Empire—it's like the columns are literally a leading mm-hmm. cause of death of high admirals because yeah. they're very good to be trapped under. I want to see like the OSHA report for that bullshit? It's <laughs> like uh, another pillar fell on somebody. Ryan, are you sure we don't want to decommission the pillars? No, they <laughs> there are some great. things I did like from the old empire, and it's mostly the pillars. The pillars cannot be reinforced, and they must also be heavy as shit. So if they break easily, they're gonna hurt. And they're made of marble, so they weigh like a trillion yeah. pounds. <laughs> if you took away the columns, then the entire ship will be off balance. So you can't be having that. <laughs> So um, Steinmetz dies. Um, he realizes that the this may mean that their line will fall. Um, Rutenthal tells Reinhardt to retreat to draw on Yang because I got to try to pincer maneuver that. But it works a bit too well, and like Marino goes in hard, and like this is putting Ryan at danger, and he's like getting upset about this. So he like finally snaps into action, gets up and starts barking orders to everyone, and like this stops the offensive. And then while he's barking these orders, he starts laughing because he realizes he loves, like, reveling in the battle. And then he... He realizes he's getting a little too horny for blood. And then just, like, sits down and bites his finger and just, like, kind of zones out for a second. Yeah, and he'll he has, like, kind of looks on, like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, he just, like, 
It's great, too. He's just like, you to the battlefield. You over this way. We'll push him back. I'm invincible. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What am <laughs> like, I doing? Like, <laughs> I've got I've to gotta have a sit. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, just a moment of like, oh, my God, I am a bloody tyrant. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, there's a... After, uh, the episode ends there, and 81 starts up. Uh, Yang's fleet uh, retreats a little bit to Islehorn. Everybody's tired, but the morale's so high because they're actually holding off the Galactic Empire despite being completely over outnumbered. Um, Yang knows that his advantage is still on thin ice. Like, it could go either way at this point. So Yang wants to go on the offensive himself because if it becomes a war of attrition, he knows he's going to lose eventually. Uh, we get a shot of him and Fisher going to the respective ships, and Fisher talks about how he's finally comfortable with doing all these fleet maneuvers, and he wants to write a book, and he's going to retire yeah, two like, weeks like, from now. I, I'm pretty great at fleet tactics. I should, I should take up beekeeping. It's like you know, I've been in this series for about eighty episodes. I think it's about time I have a third line of dialogue. You yeah. know what? I think I'm going to write a book just like Dusty. Well. See you later, boss. <laughs> yeah. And then Yang watches forlornly as he goes off into the distance. Yeah, he death flags real hard right there. So. Yep. The one time the narrator didn't feel the need to say, and this guy is <laughs> definitely dying ten minutes from now. <laughs> it was too obvious even the narrator knew. <laughs> even the narrator was like, "You, I'm not going to talk down to you. <laughs> this is... <laughs> um, so we get a uh, scene of Yang um, talking about how everybody in the Galactic Empire side is fighting so fiercely just for Reinhardt instead of fighting for ideals like democracy. And he hopes that the people under him would not fight as much for him, but for the ideals that he tries to represent. Yeah, and he has concerns of like talking about how it's very easy to fight under a person, whereas like fighting for something more ethereal, like the concept of democracy and the institution of people as the leaders is uh, a little hard to get behind. There's not as much of a direct, clear yeah. force. Yeah, it's it's very easy to... Which I think is a big part of the series in general. Like, they've mentioned it more than once or twice of... Living under a dictatorship's actually pretty easy to the people. They don't really have to do anything or take responsibility, so... Yeah. It's just another case of that. It's also it's easy to idolize someone in positions of power and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. make them into, like, a deity or whatever. Um, so the fight starts up again, more ship fighting, um, Yang's using the advantage of the narrow corridor to keep the numbers down, 300 Sparta stuff. Um, there is a report during the battle that, uh, Mittenmeyer, who was on his ship directing frontline stuff, has died, and it shows Reinhardt and Runthal, like, really shocked about this. Rutenthal, like, legit, like, partially collapses onto Reinhardt's throne and, like, grabs the top of it and, like, starts to fall over. Like, he is fucked up by this news. I really like that scene because right when this dude gets a report, like, the music and stuff just cuts dead silent. Yeah. And it's like, And, oh, like, I think it said mind. it took them, like, ten minutes to figure out what had happened since it's, you know, obviously in the middle of battle and chaotic yeah. and all that. Um, it comes out that Mittmeyer is actually okay, but his ship got real fucked up, um, and he had to retreat to the back lines to fix it. This causes Reinhardt to, like, change his plans. Um, he's tired of waiting around and knows that Yang is using the corridor to narrow his numbers, so he wants to go on the offensive. Hildegard sees all this, and she's like, "We this is going to cause a lot of deaths of our people going in. Uh, Yang doesn't want the entire universe like you do. He just wants the small part and really to be left alone. And that they should offer concessions to him. But uh, he gets angry at this because, of course, he does. 
They come up with a rolling defensive plan, turning it into a war of attrition as they slowly move forward, and this is what Yang was afraid of. Uh, basically, it means that a Galactic Empire fleet will kind of move in, do stuff for six hours, and then move back, was and the that, next one moves in. Was that last time that uh, Hildegard and uh, Reinhardt talked, the one where he just straight up is like, you are the only person with the fucking nuts to tell me that, and don't think I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, like, he just straight up, he's like, you're right. But you ever come to me this fucking frankly again, and I swear to God. Like he's, <laughs> yeah, he pretty, like, much, he pretty much says to her, you do realize I am the master of the universe pretty much at this moment, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, like, Hildegard speaks frankly about that sort of stuff, but Reinhardt doesn't take it too well when he's particularly mm-hmm. upset. So they keep this rolling offensive going for a while. Um, it, Dusty and Mercats want to retreat and get out of this because their side's getting worn down, and like since they have less numbers, their fleet people can't like recuperate and rest and all that. But I yeah. mean, they even directly said that like this is the one strategy that Yang was concerned about yeah. because it's a huge loss of life, and there's no way they can win. Yeah, yeah. So, but Yang knows that if they retreat back to Ilzahorn, they'll be surrounded and it'll be worse than fighting in the corridor. Um, on the Galactic Empire side, we see that Ryan is, since he's so busy doing battle orders and all this sh- stuff, that uh, he's not eating. And this, of course, gets Kid Doctor and Hildegard concerned about his health because he, they're always concerned about his health. Um, this fight of Atrisa goes on for a long time. They say that, like, Muller was one of the guys on the front line and his attack lasted 30 hours before the next guy came in. And, it and shows- for what it's worth... They kind of been like passively mentioning it every so often, and it was about at this point that it started clicking in my head of just like they've been fighting for like a week without yeah, stopping they, at this point. Like they keep mentioning they're like, yeah, this attack went for twenty hours, and then there was this attack for thirty hours, and this attack for fifteen hours, and you start adding up all the stuff in your head, and you're like, Jesus. Yeah, and, one of the uh, things that does come to, to a head soon is that like a lot of the scenes transitions they have the day and the time on the bottom of the corner. Like the narrator, no one ever like mentions it but it shows the time of the day and if you pay attention to that like you'll see the days are elapsing as this goes on yeah there's uh, something they mention a few times in the past and prob- they probably don't really spell out because I don't know how much you're meant to think about it but there is the whole tank bed thing they have mm. I'm guessing yeah. that it's not something that can be used a lot for some reason yeah, like it seems like something where you do need some natural rest, and yeah. that's kind of more of a shortcut. To I think just it's just like of, a really good cup of coffee, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, something that'll help you extend your fighting, but not that's, fight forever. Yeah, yeah. amphetamines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, those work out great in wartime. That's actually been long term usage is fantastic on those. Yeah, yeah. Every time someone has decided we should all do meth for their military, it is 100% done well. Yeah, sorry. Hey, man, we got to get these tanks fucking across the border. We got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Mittmeyer's uh, underlings are mad that the, his ship got shot up, so they kind of go on attack harder than they normally do. Uh, Bittenfield's also there, and he obviously uses the chaos to his advantage during all this time. Gang realizes that he can't really deal with Bittenfield because he's so crazy. So what he does is he attacks the other admirals and forces them to retreat, leaving Bittenfield to fend for himself. <laughs> like, and, he legitimately says, he's just like, oh, God, I can't believe I miscalculated that this ding-dong wouldn't even be slightly slowed down by the fact that he just lost. Like, the fact that Bittenfield just lost, and yet he's still going all in, which seems like a weird miscalculation since the way you baited him and destroyed <laughs> half of his force was 
you kept taunting him for the fact that he lost, and then he kept going in. So I mean, it's well about Bittenfield. He never not goes in. Yeah. He's, al- he's always going in. Yeah. <laughs> Bittenfield will never not go in, coward. He will always jump into Light Fierce, no matter how many dragon punches he eats. So even though Bittenfield wants to continuously going in, some of the people on his bridge are like, listen, if we stay here, we're dead. We have to go. And Bittenfield's like, okay, so he leaves. I really like these uh, meet. They're like meetings prior to this that all the generals were in on Reinhardt's side, and Bittenfield be sitting in there, and he like gave out his idea of what to do. And this was not long after he got his ass handed to him by Yang. And inside those meetings, I just feel like half the room was kind of like, "Ah, oh, Jesus, shut up, Bittenfield." <laughs> well, the best part is, <laughs> you know the what I think? I think offers. we should charge in there and fight them just like I did. Oh, yeah, Jesus. no, unironically, that's what his plan was. When they were mm-hmm. like, they're like, "Yeah, we put down some," they, you know, they put down minefields. He's like, "Fuck it, just punch a big hole in it with Zephyr particles, and then we should go in." And, and he's like. God damn it. No, they're going to yeah, concentrate fire if we all go in in one spot, you well, stupid well, idiot. How many, mines like, they put out? how many mines did they put out? 20,000? We have 25,000 ships right now. I mean, we could just go in there, man. <laughs> yeah, Rudenthal, like, talked down to him because he was so adamant about just going in. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's a he's very good at, at getting people to be rattled, but against a good tactician, he just seems to be repeatedly worthless. Well, it's like his offense is incredible. Mm. The problem is if someone knows how to stuff it at all, yeah. he completely has no mental game from that point on. Like, yeah, as so. soon as someone manages to deflect, we're going in. He's just like, I don't know what. Do I go in again? <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like A plus offense, D defense, F fucking <laughs> S teamwork. <laughs> F fucking F mental game. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he shook, he shook ben permanently. Ben the guy who you played rock, paper, scissors. He always does the exact same thing. He's doing scissors again. Scissors again. God damn it. Do something. Do scissors, do scissors, scissors really? Scissors are the sharpest. They're the best for going in. You'll eventually <laughs> pick God paper. So <laughs> after uh, Bittenfield retreats, there's a lull in the battle again. Uh, it is this point that it is reported that Fisher's ship has been sunk. Um, there was a big flag that says shoot me on it. Uh, this is bad news for Yang because Fisher was like key to doing all these crazy response tactics. Like Yang would give them the overall strategy and Fisher did all the tactical stuff at the lower levels to get this done. And so he was a key player in all this. And Yang knows that since they lost Fisher, they've lost like a huge portion of their fighting capability. Um, the narrator was... says that because of this, the Galactic Empire could have forced another attack and forced them back to Izzelhorn. But we see that the Galactic Empire is in a bad spot too because Reinhardt has felt uh, fell ill, fatigued, probably because he wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so both sides basically say, hey, we're going to take a break. Um, yeah, this was but- neat because um, the way that Fisher died was pretty much they were just sort of like, oh, we haven't heard from Fisher in a while. What? Oh, we got we got a report. He was reported killed. What? It's like you, this, is like, this is like a semi- at least, you know, relatively important character. You just did not see anything of his death. And it's just through the confusion, there was a lot of people who were saying they think they saw a ship blow up. Yeah, it did blow up. Huh? Yeah. And the thing, too, is is the reason Fisher was important, and they, they talk about it a little bit, is Yang is a brilliant tactician, and he understands, like, where to put people on the field and how to move them and, like, what strategies to use. Uh, But he's really bad at organizing fleet movement, or at the very least, nowhere near as good as Fisher was. Like, Fisher was just 
the king apparently of making everyone do the tactics perfectly. Yeah, like, Yang he was, was like a big part of the guy, reason. and Fisher was the tactical guy. Yeah, it, his execution was good. I, yeah. I I really like this because it did a good point of showing that. Oh, by the way, Yang was doing good because he also has skilled people with him. It's sort of like you know. He wasn't just, you know, magically making the entire side good like, you know, a lot of yeah. maneuverability in the field was because of Fisher. And they mentioned that he had a really good eye for, like, finding talent. And that mm-hmm. also comes up. Uh, I mean, I mean that's something that Reinhardt did, right? Like, Reinhardt found fucking, well, I guess Rutenthal found, <laughs> found mm-hmm. Reinhardt. But, uh, you know, recognized where the talent was and is trying to foster it and protect it. Like... Even Bittenfield's stupid going in ass is actually good at some stuff, and Reinhardt recognizes that and is like being kind. Bittenfield about may it. be a really sharp stick, but you know sometimes you need a really sharp stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just need to make someone fall off their horse. <laughs> Bittenfield's there, so Rutten and Mittenmeyer agree to move the fleet out of the corridor. They think it's probably a good idea. Um, they keep Ryan's illness a secret from everyone, really. Uh, the Galactic Empire leaves and Yang sets minds and returns to Izzelhorn himself. Uh, while they're returning, they get a message from Reinhardt offering a ceasefire in talks. Um, they don't immediately respond because everybody is dead tired. Uh, it shows scenes of people getting off the ships back at Izzelhorn, just falling asleep in hallways. Who was it that fell asleep in the elevator? Was it Murkatz's buddy? Yeah, it Murkatz. was Murkatz's buddy, and it, I, I loved it because it was... Murkatz and Murkatz's buddy were like walking around in the hallways and just seeing dudes just fucking pass out on the floor, which this is where it really came to like a head. The whole, you know, they've been fighting for almost a week at this point, if not more. And like these, some of these dudes have just never slept. They've always been in combat. So just seeing them just literally passing out in the street. And yeah, uh, and then Meerkats and his buddy are just kind of like, how disgraceful, all these soldiers can't even fucking make it back to their room. And then as soon as he's in the elevator, alone, immediately falls asleep <laughs> on the ground, like, just right away. He's just like, man, those guys suck ass, they wouldn't have even stayed awake through fucking the Last Supper, what a bunch of dipshit. Fuck. And it's funny, <laughs> there's the scene of like the elevator door opening, he's asleep, and the elevator door closes. <laughs> It was like when Murkatz was walking with him down the hallway. He said something like, he basically said, you know, if the Empire attacked right now, we'd be screwed. And, and Murkatz just says, I don't care about tomorrow. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> I just want to fucking sleep. Murkatz is the only person, who, well, not the only person, but one of the few people who actually made it to his room, probably. Yeah, was it Dusty <laughs> yeah. or Popalon that like opened the doors of the room and then fell asleep inches from their bed on the that floor? That was Dusty. Yeah. yeah, Dusty was there with a couple of his dudes. And I think what he said is he's just like, if any of you wake me up, I'm executing you myself personally. <laughs> and then just collapses on the ground in front of his bed. Yeah. <laughs> and so the last scene of that episode is uh, Bentonfield on his way out of the corridor thinking that the peace talks are, well, of course, fall apart because there's no way that Reinhardt would agree to this treacherous, you know, peace talk bullshit. And he's just angry because he wants, still wants the fight. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to stay poised because as soon as these things fall apart, I'm going in. Shocking <laughs> no one. <laughs> um, so episode 82 opens up with everybody just kind of being like, we slept. <laughs> that was like the first opening. It's just like, everyone finally got some fucking sleep. They After feel much better. hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone is awake now in Izzelhorn. Uh They talk about Reinhardt's proposal. 
Um, it says that this is pretty much what Yang wanted. They wanted the fight, realize that they had a bargaining chip in that, that they couldn't be beaten, and then take a peace offer. So Yang's like, yeah, we have no reason to refuse this. Uh, Mirai is skeptical that uh, it's a trap because it's Mirai, and he always thinks it's a trap. Shenkov says that Reinhardt wouldn't resort to tricks like this, that Reinhardt feels that Yang is an honorable admiral and that, you know, whatever. Uh, though they are concerned that because they had been you know, fucking up a lot of Reinhardt's underlings, they may try something tricky because they'd be mad, uh, especially like Steinmetz or Fahrenheit's fleets since they lost their commander. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Galactic Empire side, it's shown that some of their admirals are also surprised that Reinhardt immediately offered peace like this. Um, yeah, Hilda even is just like baffled at why he would decide to take this turn out of nowhere. And then he says... In a dream, Kilkiais asked me to please stop fighting Yang, and so I'm going to stop fighting Yang. And Hilda just is like, all right, so what literally none of us could accomplish, a fucking ghost just did. This sucks ass. Yeah, like, we oh, no, dream. we're losing him. He can. He only answers to ghosts. That's not great. <laughs> yeah, we get a flashback to a fever dream of Kilkiais talking about that. And, like, Reinhardt is, like, all happy. Like, he looks, like, 100% in his bed. He's like, yeah, this is great. Kilkiais, talk to me. And it's like, okay. You okay, dude? <laughs> okay, dude. Yeah, doing great. Keep up the dictating. Oh, no. Yeah, so we get uh, Mittenmeyer and all talking about this, uh, of course, over some drinks. Um, they're saying that a lot of their subordinates, like Bittenfield, Fahrenheit, and Steinmetz men, are going to be really angry about this because they want revenge. Um, Mittenmeyer says they could always, the Mittenmeyer jokes that they said they could always just wait for Yang to grow old and die, and then Reinhardt would own the universe, but then immediately realizes that the same could be said of Reinhardt. And then they were like, fuck, this guy needs to have some fucking kids or something. Uh, so we go back to Izzelhorn and see... The, I, I just want to say I really like your phrasing in your notes here. They know that Ryan needs to fuck like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, back at Izzelhorn, Julian uh, offers to meet uh, Reinhardt instead of Yang. But Yang knows that if it's not him, Reinhardt's not going to go for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Reinhardt would get fucking livid if Yang yeah. didn't go himself. <laughs> yeah. So they have discussions of who's going to go with Yang to these peace talks, but it comes out that everybody's really fucking busy doing shit. Like, Shenkop can't go because he's the director of Izzelhorn. Yeah, of the defense of the base. And also it seems like there's a certain thing of Yang has an inkling that this may in fact be some kind of trap, and he doesn't want to bring anyone too valuable with him. Like, he needs to bring... He needs to leave people behind that if this is, you know, a thing that turns out bad, that... Izzelhorn can still function. Yeah, like he, that's why he leaves Dusty and Murkatz and Kazern and all those guys. And Julian, yeah. So uh, he ends up going with uh, Patrovich, Bloomheart, which is that blonde Rosenretter guy, and Commander Soul, which I guess is some dude from Bucock's fleet. Yeah, no, Bloomheart was uh, the, the the younger, brown-haired uh, oh, he was? Rosenretter guy. Yeah. Oh. I don't know why. I remember his eyelashes. For some reason, his eyelashes are really detailed in this, and it really stands out. It's really strange. He gets that uh, extension yeah. <laughs> mascara stuff. Going. Mm-hmm. So um, we get a scene of Julian seeing Yang off. Uh, Yang teases him about whether he's more interested in Katero as a Kazern's daughter, which is kind of weird because Kazern's daughter is like 10, but... Uh... <laughs> Reinhardt... Either way, it was a good mix-up because like, <laughs> Julian starts talking to him about like really serious shit and he's Yang just immediately is like, you're still technically a teen, right? Okay, cool. It just like makes him teen <laughs> uncomfortable and then walks out of the room. <laughs> um, 
during all this, Reinhardt is, uh, gets a proposal from Overstein. Overstein, playing the Machiavellian Garfield he is, decides that uh, it'd be a good plan to lure Yang out of Izzelhorn with the pretenses of a peace talk and kill him. And he says the way they could do this is by sending a Galactic Empire admiral to be a messenger slash hostage for it to be convincing. Uh, they would get Yang out of the corridor and, uh, you know, kill him. And then they would give Ryan Causabelli to unite the universe and all that good stuff. But of course, this Galactic Empire Admiral hostage would die. So Oberstein volunteers if it's no one else. So we get my Rutenthal sitting again drinking. <laughs> I like talking Oberstein, about it. just kind of like it's my idea. I'll do it. I don't fucking like any of you, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they wonder. They, they say that the joke is like, or the proposal is obviously unhonorable and underhanded and stuff. And they joke that killing Oberstein would do more for the universe than killing Yang would. But um, <laughs> Ryan doesn't take that proposal. But it's funny that Overstein still wants to do backhanded cloak and dagger bullshit. And also was willing to be like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll be the bait, whatever, fuck this shit. <laughs> like, if, <laughs> if all y'all, if all y'all too chicken, buck buck, I will get out there. I mean, <laughs> like, I guess it was interesting. If, I mean, Overstein's character has always been the Machiavellian guy, but it does, does show he does have loyalty to Reinhardt about this the, for the fact that he would offer himself up. Well, it's, it's mm-hmm. really interesting because when he first comes in, you're sort of like, I mean, when he first appears the series, you're just like, okay, there's no fucking way they can trust this guy. He's giving yeah, all, these, all these underhanded ideas. And like when, you know, Kierkeis, Kierkeis gets killed, um, he actually, Oberstein jumped in the way of the actual um, the rocket bazooka. Yeah. yeah. And it missed, but still it's kind of like, oh shit. You know, you see these little glimpses of him doing shit like that. It's kind of like, it's funny too. He doesn't have ulterior motives. He's just really. That's just how he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He thinks like he just goes for underhanded, efficient, brutal plans and he mm-hmm. does not care. Like he, he is very much a, the ends justify the means type of person. Oh yeah. 100%. Which, I mean, honestly, I think he's like really the only one in the series, which is kind of interesting. Like, okay, I guess maybe, you know, Rubinsky, Mr. Mean yeah. and yeah, Rubinsky and then also, uh, Trunet I almost just effect. said Trotsky. That's not right. <laughs> Trunet. <Yeah. laughs> Trunet was to a way he didn't do the, the more murdering aspects, but he did have the ends result. He, he was mind. ends justify the means. And I think the difference is, whereas, uh, Oberstein's goal is to complete the unification of the universe under Ryan. Uh, Trunin is purely self-preservation. Yeah. Like his end goal is I live and I get to live comfortably no matter what. Whereas Oberstein, I, you know, actually does something. Thinking about it, <laughs> Trunin's still alive. Uh, he's, Trunin is, in fact, still not dead. <laughs> Somehow. Scurried under, uh, underneath, like, a, you last, know, a dark crevice somewhere. Like a yeah, cockroach. last we saw him, he got taken away by the police on Odin for that one plan of trying to sell off Fazan, I believe. But mm-hmm. Anyway, back to the events. Um, Yang leaves on that small cruiser, the Leta 2, the one he was in before, uh, along with the people I said before, and Romsky and the Alpha Seal government. Um while they're on their way, uh, Izzelhorn gets a call from Boris, that traitor guy um, who's been messing around in Fazant trying to do the uprising. Traitor, D E R, not traitor, yes. I T O R. Yes. For the record, that's a very merchant. important distinction at this <laughs> the point merchant, in time. The merchant, I should yeah, say. The yes. merchant, yeah. the good boy. Uh, yeah. He gets a. Uh, they Captain get a call. Outfits. <laughs> <laughs> they get a call, and uh, he yells at Popolon that uh, Lieutenant Fork 
is on his way and he's going to try to assassinate Yang. I don't know how he gets this information, but he somehow figured it out and told them. So they he, sent he six- went he went back to Pheasant to look into you know his contacts, try to get a feel on the Earth Church. So he I probably see. just picked it up through those you know through that feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they send six battleships after Yang, uh, and they don't tell Frederica about all this because they don't want to worry her. Uh, and she's sick right now too. Is mm-hmm. the other thing I, I think we might have missed. Oh yeah. When, uh, when that happened, but she, she started feeling ill and, uh, after saying, you know, was like, no, hours. Yang, I'm not leaving your side, blah, blah. And Yang's like, as your superior officer, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a side note we missed. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Yang's on the cruiser. He's playing chess and stuff with people on the ship. He eventually goes to bed, takes some sleeping pills for whatever reason. Oh, um, minor thing. He's playing chess with people and they made a joke that he only picked people that he could beat in chess. And I think it was, a. Uh, I think it's in the OVA or the other episode, you know, like the add-on series that, where it comes up. But in spite of being really good at tactics, Yang is shit at board games. <laughs> so it's like, I, I think it's Lap in, this, in like the spinoff series. Lap is playing him at chess and he's like, you know, you're really good at tactic stuff, but you are shit at chess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he goes and takes some sleeping pills and tries to go to sleep. Um, the ship itself gets a message from the Galactic Empire fleet saying that Fork is on his way to try to kill him, and they sent out escorts to try to assist. Um, they eventually end up spotting this merchant ship with Fork on it that they were warned about. Uh, Fork fires on them and tries to you know, blow up their ship. The Galactic Empire escort shows up and blows up Fork in a very graphic and kind of funny way. He explodes in fire. Yeah, and then they off- Fork finally gets his. Yeah. <laughs> finally. It, it's weird, too, because like, they show for like half a second, and then he's out for the rest of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But these uh, escorts um, offer to escort him to Reinhardt's fleet. And they offer, like, hey, can we come on board and say hi to you guys? So the uh, Alpha Seal civilians, led by Romsky, um, go up to the docking area, and they meet with the Galactic Empire forces. And this is an interesting point. They very specifically state, like, Yang didn't want to be the welcoming party to the Galactic Empire because he is not the political power, and this was the realm of politics, not military. Yeah. Like, the separation between military and politics needs to be more clearly defined than it ever has been because we are currently on the precipice of that line being gone and we need to make sure it's clear that we support that and it's a big part of us. I'm not sure if I misunderstood it, but didn't he also defer to Romsky as to whether they should let them board or not? Yeah. Yeah, I think he did because Yang was trying to go take a nap, really. Yeah. Yeah, but he also yeah he deferred to the president. He was just like, "Hey, this is this is your territory. Do you want him to come on or not?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, we have to." That kind of thing. Yeah. So they go and meet these Galactic Empire dudes. It's kind of obvious that something's amiss there because these Galactic Empire dudes are kind of whispering. They're like, "Where's Yang? He's not here." Um, so they point a gun at Romsky. Romsky's like, "Is this how you treat you know people that are trying to say hi to you?" And then they end up just firing and killing like a couple of these civilians, including Romsky. He takes a bullet to the chin, I believe, and through the neck or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, yeah, it was like through the neck. Yeah. It, it was just immediately like, yeah. So that's the president dead. Yeah. So <laughs> by the way, they don't give a ton of fanfare for that, but it's just <laughs> kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out so. The chaos breaks out. The Galactic Empire people start trying to look for Yang. They board the ship and start shooting up stuff. Uh, a gunfight breaks out. They f- 
uh, find Gang. Gang is chilling in, I guess it's like a mess area with Bloomheart and uh, Patovrich, uh, Patrichif, whatever that big guy's name is. The big dude, yeah. yeah. The big man, what who has the rock. <laughs> Love so, that guy. yeah, there's a gunfight. Uh, they help him escape. Uh, Bloomheart gets seriously injured and Patrichif or whatever gets shot up. Serious, serious injury. Seriously injured is a pretty good way to put it. Uh, everyone in the shootout is getting, like, shot for the most part. Yeah. And um, so- the big man who's escorting Yang gets him to, like, the room he was planning on, like, throwing him into for safety. Uh, closes the door behind him and gets shot, like, three times in the back through the chest. And he literally just turns around, looks at him, and goes, Hey, that's, you shouldn't do that. That shit hurts. And they're all just, like, stunned as he keeps walking towards them with three holes in his body. And then they just light him up. Yeah. Like, they just hit him, like, but, uh, he just there's, also, there's also a fourth person here who is the Sun Soul or whatever his name is. Yeah. It's somebody that Bucock yeah. sent. He's a blonde-haired guy. Yeah, Soul. Yeah. I think he dies, too. I'm not sure. Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he makes it out. He makes yeah. it out. He's one of the few that lived through the uh, thing. Yeah. yeah. So Shenkop's six battleships eventually catch up to the cruiser Yang is on. Um, it blows. They first blow up the other Galactic Empire ship that's chilling out there. Um, and then forcibly board Yang's ship, uh, all commando style. And Basically, they say, it's time to break into jail. Like, it's one of those things of just like, all right, you it, know that thing we do where we like fuck up a ship, board it, kill everybody, I really that whole thing? Love how we got to do, do it it's on really our own cool. ship. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. They like, they like jam a tube into the side of it that like mm-hmm. laser cuts a hole, like melts a hole, and then the tube goes through and seals around the outsides and they just deploy through the tube. It's really good. Yeah. So a bunch of Rosen Ritters are on the ship looking for Yang now. Um, Yang, and, Julian, and Julian, who is too, yeah. mad as hell. <laughs> so Yang is wandering around the ship sleepily. Um, he really is kind of losing it because he's tired. Uh, we see him walk through a corridor, and at the end of it, there's some random uh, terrorist guy. Well, I guess terrorist is also correct. Um, it's weird because the way this scene is shot, they don't they purposely do not show this terrorist face. It's always like shadowed. Mm-hmm. Um, he shoots Yang through the leg and then like immediately like loses it because he's like, I killed Yang. I'm the best in the world and like starts cheering and running down the hallway. The guy also just drops his gun. Yeah. Yeah, like he shoots Yang in the leg once and just immediately is like, I did it and just fucking runs out. It's the wildest thing. Like it, it he's in shock that he actually shot Yang. Yeah. So Yang is uh tries to tourniquet his leg. It's not really working because I think he said he got shot in the femoral artery. It was through the artery, yeah. He immediately he's like, Oh man, oh god, that's an artery. Ooh, I knew that thing dropped a lot of blood, but like holy shit like he's looking down and his leg is just bright red yeah to the point that his shoe which is a black shoe is also just bright red he's just like man this thing bleeds a lot man i lost so much blood I, i'm getting lighter you'd think walking would be easier yeah he straight up says he's just like i've probably lost like two pounds of blood i it, i should be two pounds faster but instead i'm i feel real tired and just kind of collapses to the ground. I I don't mean to make this like seem comedic, but it kind of is because Yang's just kind of like, oh man. Yeah. So this is what bleeding out feels like. This sucks shit. <laughs> yeah, he makes a note while he's bleeding out. Says like, this is not nearly close to the amount of blood that I've spilled in the name of democracy. 
But mm-hmm. yeah, the episode ends with a still frame of him dead in the hallway, propped up against yeah, the wall. They, they literally just say like, and Yang Wendley's time ended at age 33 or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Yang is dead. I wasn't 100% sure that Yang was dead until I was like kind of sitting there in shock like, huh, well that happened. And then the next time on Galactic Heroes kicked up and it was just like, Yang Wenli is fucking dead. And I was like, all right, Yang Wenli's fucking dead. That's life, you, I guess. If, if you feel up to it, you could pull up the uh, episode 81 and look at like the next time preview. It's like a little bit different. It shows that Yang dies, of course. But it's like, you know, got no music and it's real somber. It's like, he's going to die. Get ready for mm-hmm. it. I think also, if you paid attention to the episode name, is like the magician didn't come home. Yeah, yeah, the, the, magi- the, magician, the magician doesn't return. return. Yeah. yeah, I specifically have been not reading those and not watching the next times, <laughs> and I feel like it's been a very good decision. Yeah. So, so the thing I love about this death, and, and I think we should talk about this yeah. a little bit. I feel like that's fair. Um, I just love how unceremonious it was. I think that was like, definitely like it really, on purpose. Yeah, it, it felt it felt like war. Like it was one of those reminders of just the fact that sometimes war you die isn't in stupid this. Ways. Yeah, war isn't this big, grandiose. You know, two magic generals fighting it. This this ain't Dynasty Warriors. This shit's real, and sometimes people just die to stupid shit. It's dirty. It's mean. It's ugly. This is mm-hmm. what it is. Like, uh, and the thing is, you know, obviously, and. Uh, I'll mention it now because it's obvious. It shook the shit out of Ryan as well, just thinking of basically, you know, this magician, this ultimate general or admiral or whatever, just fucking got shot by a rando. It's also interesting how they they compare this, like, to some of the other last stands that some characters have had, especially, like, seeing, like, Bucock and how he went out. Like, this is, Mm -hmm. like you said, unceremonious, and it's an interesting contrast to that. For someone who was, you yeah. know, especially so full of ideals as Yang was. Yeah, like, there were all of these, you know, yeah, big, beautiful, grandiose, like, here is my final stand, I'm doing Romantic this deaths, battle, yeah. I know I'm gonna die, but I'm doing it anyway. Versus Yang, who just fucking got shot in the leg, and that was it. That's that's it. <laughs> this is a fuck that war. Welcome yeah. to it. No one expects to just get shot in the leg and die. But it happens all the time. It's, yeah. So, um, episode 83 starts out with uh, Julian finding Yang down the hallway. Like, he is in shock. He can't stand. He blames himself. You know, all the standard survivor guilt goes, go on. Yeah, goes through all of the stuff of saying, like, you know, like, I was supposed to protect him. That was literally my only job. How am I, you know, worth anything if I fuck up this? You know, that kind of yeah. thing. And then some of the terrorists show up. <laughs> yeah, then a couple people walk in the room uh, wearing the Galactic Empire uniforms and they're just like, oh, hey, what's going on? And then they just see a fucking 18-year-old screaming at the top of his lungs with an axe. Kills everybody. Yeah, just it's very the fuck out. The of scene people. is very brutal, and it's uh, even after they are dead, Julian is still axing them, and eventually yeah, Vishengo like, comes in and stops him and pulls him away because he's hysterical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like he he pulls him and is like restraining him in uh, 
and just like, like a, a like a reverse like a Nelson a full Nelson or whatever basically yeah he's yeah. just kind of like chill 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 and Julian's just still freaking out fucking flailing around with his axe and shit and he's just like you need to fucking cool it <laughs> like, it's like yeah. he still doesn't cool it until he says hey what are you gonna do about Yang's body just sitting over there in a pool of blood you gonna let it just sit there he's like oh shit yeah, like he's he's like if you think he's so great, why the fuck are you just letting him sit on the floor dead like a jackass? Let's respect <laughs> that body and pick it up. And Julian's just kind of like, yeah, you're right. I'm fuck. I am. I apologize. It's a good thing Mashenko so found him and not like Shenkop because Shenkop would have come and started axing those dudes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Shenkop would have walked in and just been like, yeah, 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 and then like not noticed dead Yang for like an hour because he was so excited <laughs> that Julian just like gave in to bloodlust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Shenkop, he finds uh, his resurrector buddy, a Bloomfield or whatever. Um, Bloomfield is gravely hurt, but he's actually still alive. Um, he asks if Yang's okay, and uh, Shenkop says that uh, Julian's taking care of it. It's at this point that Bashenko comes walking into the room with a dead Yang in his arms and Julian trailing behind. Uh, Shenkop sees this and immediately salutes, along with all the other Rosenrittens. Uh, well, the first thing... That Shen Cop does when they walk in the room carrying, you know, Yang all bloody and Julian's behind him looking sad as he's just like, this isn't fucking acting school. These aren't theater classes. This fucking show sucks. Stop that shit. Like, this ain't fucking funny. And like, Julian just kind of like has a thousand yard stare at him and Shen Cop's just like, Jesus, he's actually dead. Ooh. <laughs> and just has a moment and then is like, all right. I'm fucking mad those guys died to, like, some shitty coward terrorists. That's it. We're, ah, like, yeah. Uh, Shenkop is incredibly mad. Uh, he also was like, no, this standoff was supposed to be between Reinhardt and, you know, Yang, not some fucking spicy rando with a pistol and a dream. Yeah. Um, while they're looking around on the ships, they find a bunch of terrorist headbands. Um, Julian wonders why they would do such and thing like that, um, although it's kind of obvious to us, the viewers. Uh, they take Yang and the dead soldiers, like the Rosarittans and the Admirals and all that, uh, back to Islahorn, but they leave the civilians, like the, all those dead Alpha Seal guys they on the ship. They leave the president. Yeah. People are a little mad. It mentioned They mentioned later on, like, they'll get uh, they'll catch some flack yeah. for not picking up the president. <laughs> the narrator in his hindsight history stuff was saying they'd be angry. Um, back on the, the on the battleship traveling back to uh, Islahorn, the other Rosarittan guys basically just want to straight up terrorize not terrorize but like torture the terrorists that they have captured um shenkop says listen there'll be plenty of time for that back on Islehorn. we have a very big nuclear furnace yeah that's what it was is one of the guys like i just want to fucking cut him into bits and throw him in the nuclear furnace and then shenkop's like chill Islehorn has a much bigger furnace <laughs> and then they're just like very good sir and walk out of the room it's like can I just say, Shen Cop sometimes knows exactly what to say. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, an extremely good one. Like, not, you know, trying to be, like, calm down. We have to be chill. He it knows was, his man. Yeah, he's just like, we'll fuck him up worse later. So, like, just chill, and it's going to be way sweeter for it. <laughs> and they're just like, all right. <laughs> um, Can we go to McDonald's? <laughs> not yet. Okay. <laughs> we'll go to the big McDonald's with the extra good play place. <laughs> Thanks, Shen Cop. <laughs> So uh, Shenkop is, this is where he's talking about he's pissed that Yang died to the cowardly terrorists and not to Rhine. Um, he tells Julian they have to start thinking of the future and how to address Rhine because Reinhardt kind of felt he, the only, not that, that the only reason he had the honor of the Yang's fleet is because of Yang, but now that he's gone, it's going to be a lot more difficult to command authority and that sort of stuff. 
Uh, Shenkop uses that the, it's only natural for a private military group to dismantle when its leader is lost. So he wonders what the future is going to bring for all the people that looked up the Yang. Um, and then they realize they, uh, they have to tell Frederica about what happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> both him and, and Julian they, are like, we should make Miss Kazern do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a weird yeah. thing where they say, Miss Kazern could do it. Yeah, it'll be no problem. Like, and they're just like, you know, like, oh, men would seem too dumb right now. We're going to need to get a, a, a lady's touch in here. And the best part is then, you know, like the Kazern family is offering their con- condolences and everything. And then they're like, yeah, you know, hey, Miss Kazern, can you go, can you go tell her? And Miss Kazern's like, Julian, you're part of their family. Don't be a fucking wiener. This is <laughs> yeah. your dude. Like, she fucking drags him. Yeah, she like, gives him the Midwestern nice and uh, tells him he's yeah, the man exactly. the fuck up. Just, Yeah, there is a lot of bless your heart going on right now <laughs> with Miss Kazarian. Like, the Midwestern Yomi is, is incredibly strong in this one. And Julian just kind of has to stand there and take it. And it's one of those things of everyone in the room, again, is just like, Shocked that Miss Kazern, this nice lady, is just yeah. like. I also hey, saw it as like a growing wusses. up moment for Julian, because um, like now that his quote father figures out the picture, he has to be you know the man going forward. And I saw this mm-hmm. as you know he has to learn to deal with it. Yeah, like it's time to start dealing with the heavy stuff. Yeah. So he goes into the room, and before he even says anything, Frederica guesses that Yang's dead. Um, he tells her it was yeah, the like, terrorist attacking it, and all that. Uh, she knew, yeah, and like oh, she knew because yeah, Kazern didn't show up for a while. People were acting weird, and then Julian just like comes into just, the like, room like that. Yeah, yeah, and like she's like Julian. There's nothing that you would have this much trouble telling me other than the fact that Yang is dead, and he's just kind of like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> like it is super awkward. Yeah. He just kind of stands there for a minute, like. You know, it's one of those things that she's just like, I'm right, aren't I? And he's just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> So she says that she wishes he would have died, you know, gray and old in a chair, waiting for his grandchildren to come play with him or something. And, <laughs> and then it shows a little shot of his granddaughter finding her grandpa dead. It's like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she says that he must be apologizing to Bucock, uh, wherever he is. And then she kind of just breaks down and tells him to leave. Uh, everybody at Islehorn at this point is grieving. Um, there's a shot of Popalon. We get Popalon's locked himself in his room with a bunch of liquor, and they can't get the door open. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but everyone knows that they can't really stand idle. They have to talk about how they're going to go forward since they've lost both their political and military leadership. Um, yeah. There's a scene of uh, Kazern. It's like Kazern, Shenkop, uh, Dusty. And Julian and Mercat. Yeah, they're all talking about who's going to be the political leader, and they chose Frederica. Julian, like, they're all for it, except Julian's, like, is against it, saying that, like, she won't go along. It's not fair to force that burden onto her when she doesn't even have a decision. And, you know, forcing her to just, like, build an empire or, like, you know, help control power on the back of the corpse of her husband. Yeah. That's still warm. Also, it's weird for people that spout ideals about democracy. They never really take a vote about who they want their political leader to be. But yeah, yeah. But I think they just needed something going forward in the time being. Because I mean, I guess really, if you think about it, their entire the entire Alpha Seal government died, and even if there was a line of secession, uh, like you know, next in command set up for that situation, there's no one left. 
And the thing is, that's it, it seems less like they're trying to continue on the Alpha Seal government. It very much seems like there's an acceptance and an understanding of, like, they were only really keeping the fight going because they had Yang, and now that they don't have Yang, Alpha Seal is just gonna give up. So it's more like, we, the, you know, Yang fight force or whatever the hell bad name they end up taking, mm-hmm. uh... Like, we need to become a political unit at this point in time. Like, we need someone to be doing political bargaining for us, not for Alpha Seal. Like, yeah. Alpha Seal's kind of done. Um, so it seems more like, yeah, just like an emergency military appointment. So they're talking, they also know there's going to be deserters, uh, people who, you know, went under Yang because Yang was there, like you said, and now that he isn't, they'll probably leave. Uh, we get the scene of Kazurin talking to Fredrika about being president. She reluctantly accepts it. Um, Kazurin then asks, Kazurin and Shenkop then ask Julian to be the commander of the military forces. Julian says that Dusty should be the one to do it, but I guess since Dusty is technically the second in command and he doesn't want to do it. Well, it's also it. because it's also kind of like, well, Dusty can't be the leader because he's technically yang's mind so basically he's a ghost your leader yeah, can't be a I ghost that they did some weird justification for this because mm-hmm. of the anime adaptation it was like that dusty wanted to be like specifically in the background as a support yeah, or something but yeah no as soon dusty as they is say, basically like, a ghost that's all you need to <laughs> bear in mind for the rest of this it's a wonderful <laughs> it, it was really funny to me because yeah dusty's just like i can't do it and i like my brain auto-corrected to i'm not in the so um they julian eventually uh, goes to frederick and asks what he should do she tells him to stop comparing himself to yang do what he feels is right um yeah it's like he says until they make it it's like he says (laughs) he cannot size up to yang and she's like no you absolutely can't but it's pretty much pretty much she says that you know you have different things you're good at and he had different things he was good at you know yeah, like he just says, I can't do what Yang did. And she's like, no shit, only Yang <laughs> could do what Yang did. But you can do what Julian can do. And Julian can do things Yang couldn't. Like, like, like you know, chop a man in a half with an axe. Yang sure as shit can never do that, my dude. Like, or like, like wake up make before a 10. <laughs> yeah, make tea. <laughs> do laundry. <laughs> so um, she's talking to Julian. She reminisces about her life with Yang, although it was quite short. She, you know, wants to fulfill her obligation in marriage to him, try to fulfill what he would have wanted. Yeah, um, eight years as a fan, uh, three years as a subordinate, and one year as a wife is the way she summarizes it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she, like, starts breaking down. She pleads and says she, she doesn't care if democracy ceases to exist. She just wants him back and just gets, you know, well, hysterical, really. I mean... She gets, like, someone who just, just lost, lost her husband. Her husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty fair. It's one of yeah. those things of, like, it, it's not an unreasonable reaction. She maintains composure unbelievably well through most of this. So the fact that at some point, you know, it hits her a she little bit is kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was really, it's, really interesting because she's, you know, very well collected. And then she has that scene where she says, I don't care if everything in the universe dies, just give them back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kazurin makes his announcement about who is going to be succeeding in the civilian and military aspects. Of course, this upsets some of the people at Iselhorn. Um, there's a scene of some, I don't, I don't know who they are, but some people are getting mad at Dusty saying that he should be commander. But Dusty's again, like, saying, I can't, I'm a ghost. Yeah, he deflects. <laughs> it's kind of silly. I'm not in the book. <laughs> it's illegal. 
Uh, we get Mirai talking to Julian. He says that he's planning to leave with all the dissidents and the unsettled people to get them off Izzelhorn. Um, he notes that both Fisher and Petrovich are dead now, uh, and he wants to retire, so Julian he wants to He go. wants to go off and work on the bee farm with Sydney. <laughs> yeah, Julian wishes that he was around because he values him as a commander, but he knows he has to let him go. Yeah, and Mirai, because of what we see, their talents and their personalities, I don't know how much weight there is to this, but Mirai says that he doesn't, he's not terribly talented and, you know, losing his two best friends and all this stuff. He's just kind of burnt out. Yeah. I believe the words he says is, tired. Julian, I'm tired and sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just like, I'm tired and sad, That's the which I screenshotted to tweet out with big ass mood <laughs> later. <laughs> just, I am tired and sad. <laughs> so the rest. Uh, of- and he, he explains too that like he's d- using this because he's going to announce that he's deserting uh, and just take whatever deserters with him. Like kind of is just a look. If these people are going to abandon you, you'd rather have them abandon you now so that you know what you are working with. Yeah, you don't get a surprise down the road. Yeah, and the thing with this is this is kind of like the thing where you have like an awkward meeting and everybody wants to leave and they're waiting for the first person to stand up. Except in this case, everybody's going to remember that Mirai was the most prominent deserter, so to speak. So he's it's not him saying, I'm going to go retire. It's basically when he leaves, a lot of people who hang around are going to be like that motherfucker. Yeah, they're like you. You realize, like Julian's, like you realize they're all going to speak ill of you, and he's like, "That sucks." Oh well, <laughs> like, I don't. I'm give gonna a shit. be on a bee farm. Yeah, it's like the bees won't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a scene of the remaining whatever civilians they had left on Isilhorn, um, saying that they're going to disband the official democracy government. Um, they say that Romsky did much of the heavy lifting. But uh, Ju- this makes Julian frustrated and yells or at them. What they claim is they're just like, we were only on board because he was so adamant about it that we just, you know, went forward with it. They're, they're making excuses, yeah. clearly. They say, like they like, said, they wanted to see the larger picture of the galaxy and contribute the peace. But Julian, like, gets angry and yells at them, saying it's a betrayal of their ideals and they never were really into democracy in the first place. Yeah, also, he's like, oh, so you were just following along with one person? Nice democracy, dipshits. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he, in the long run, lets them leave because he realizes the same. it's the same thing that Mirai's doing. He has to get all these people off the fortress that don't believe in the long-term goals. So that's how episode 84 ends. Or 3, yeah. Or 83, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, 84 starts yeah, yeah. up. So episode 84 starts with uh, Dusty and Julian just fucking storming Popolon's room. They don't storm his room. They can't get the door open. They have to use, so like, they break off the control panel and hack it to get in. Uh, yeah, and uh, Popolon looks 20 years older when they walk in the room. Like, he looks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got surrounded by stumbled. beer bottles and whiskey bottles and everything like three empty fifths of whiskey yeah like he's got like like a ton of empty bottles of jack daniels to the point that at one point during this exchange he drops one on the ground and julian's like okay thank you you need to stop drink and then he like reaches over and there's another full one like under the sheets in the bed and he's just kind of like ha and julian just grabs it and is like no stop it's it. like when he walked in when they walked in he's kind of like yang's dead i'm not gonna let anybody be my fucking boss and he just starts chugging one of them like it's water yeah he's and really he and all that but uh, Dusty tells him that Julian is now the commander of all the military forces. And he's like, well, shit. And he goes off the piss and clean himself up. 
Yeah, which he, what he said earlier was like, I'm not going to answer to anybody. He's like, yeah, well, Julian's going to be your boss. <sighs> okay. I'll take it. I'll take yeah, he's like, yeah. fuck it, I'll he's take probably it. Probably one of the only people he would have been okay with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we cut to Murkatz, and he, he says some things that are like pretty good and, and really good development for Murkatz. Like, he basically says, for 60 years of my life, I was living a life scared of failure, like just talking about failing to, you know, protect the, uh, you know, dinosaur or whatever. Yeah. 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 And like talks about that. And then he's just kind of like, you know what? After switching sides, I've learned a different kind of life. And uh, I'm just going to hang out here and pay them all back for that because that's pretty, that's pretty dope of him. Yeah. He's saying <laughs> like he like, may have wanted to die during all the lip chat stuff, but now he's happy to see what happened in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, learning to live a life to accomplish a goal and not to fear failure. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's some scenes of the funeral they hold for Yang. Um, the Alpha Seal government is now disbanded and there's a procession and all that stuff. We get the scene then of Ryan getting the report from Hildegard that Yang is dead. Uh, Reinhardt, like, is taken aback and staggered for a moment. And then he is completely furious and yells at Hildegard. Uh, yeah, he's just like, of all the shitty news you've brought to me, this is the worst. What the fuck? And he, like, it's completely unfounded, obviously. Someone needed to tell well, him. Well, yeah, it's kill the messenger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Reinhardt is just like fucking losing. I think the big thing is just that he's losing it. And I think this is actually where he just straight up yells, I need an enemy. Like, yeah. in the middle of this thing, just, I need an enemy. And immediately Hilda just has this snap response of just like, oh, fucking no. Like, it's the worst thing for him to say after, congrats, you finally can make the entire galaxy unified and at peace. And his first response to this news is, I need someone to fight! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He goes and talks about how he couldn't defeat him at Vermilion or in the quarter earlier, and he's angry that some stupid loser nobody killed him. Um, so... Eventually, he calms down. He sends Moeller out to Islehorn uh, as sympathies, you know, as a delegation or whatever. And Moeller was the one that met him the first time before he met uh, Reinhardt. Reinhard. Yeah. yeah, so, like, they're kind of some... I guess, I guess he's also concerned that, like, Moeller is kind of trusted by Yang's forces, so... Yeah, Yang had a lot of respect for Mueller, yeah. yeah. Like, he, he always respected his tactics, because that's, that's Iron Shield, by the way, for anyone who forgot. Yeah. Uh, Mueller's a chill he's dude. always done well. Yeah, he's just solid as a rock, and he always seems chill and relaxed and very professional about everything. And, yeah, Yang had respect for him. Uh, so, um, we get this scene of uh, all of the admirals having their big meeting about this news. Uh, of course, Bittenfield thinks Yang faked his death. <laughs> and that he's trickery and he's going to come back and kill them all. I think we should attack the funeral. <laughs> like, yeah. Bill, God damn it. Uh, I saw this on Sons of Anarchy one time. <laughs> it always works. Uh, Rutenthal says that it's ironic that Ryan didn't get to kill him. Uh, Mittenmeyer was like, who's the new poot guy? The, J- Julian? Who is this guy? He's not There's a, a guy at the end of the table who's like doing a Google on it. He's <laughs> like, hang on. It's so good. Yeah, because yeah, the network's kind of like slow. They're sitting at a table. Give me a second. Yeah, like, like legitimately, it's great because they're all just like, who the fuck is Julian? And everyone just kind of looks at one guy and he's like, all right. And he like pushes the table and like a screen pops out of the table like it was flush with it. And then it's just a good 30 seconds of him just kind of like typing, waiting for it to load. And then just being like, Do you have the result yet? No, like, it's, it's loading. Yeah, hold up, dude. Are, you know are you, how are you, hang on, I'm reading space. it. Hang on, guys. Call fucking ice <laughs> down again. God damn it. And he's like, okay, it's it was his foster son or something, I guess. And they're all just kind of like, 
eared. Oh, well. <laughs> like, the reaction after all that buildup, you'd think, like, one of them was like, Julian Mincy, I know that guy, but instead they're just like, weird, all right. Throw <laughs> like, them into no Google. What's Google out. say? Uh, it's no weird, results. too, because in this huh, weird. entire scene, Wallen was in the room. I, wasn't Wallen in the room? No, I guess he was on the other side of the guy. I just thought Wallen was in there, but, like, I guess none of them have seen him aside from Wallen. But, yeah. they um, Well, they, they didn't even see a picture of him, at least. I'm sure. Yeah, I can't remember but, if Wallen crosses paths with him again, but I'm sure he's the only person who would know him. Yeah, so Rutenthal says that it's weird that this foster someone would go off, and he thinks that the invincible Izzahorn may just crumble from within if everybody leaves and don't trust in this guy because he doesn't have the notoriety, I guess, that Yang had. Um, so the Galactic Empire is also still trying to figure out who killed Yang, uh, but the terrorists that they captured and all that uh, obviously are zealots and they kill themselves before anything really if they get any real information, I should say. Uh, this, along with the bomb plot in Fazant, make the Galactic Empire realize that the terrorists are still around despite being crushed on Earth, and uh, they need to and do something about very, it. And they're very deep into the Empire's military force. Like, the their spread is not limited, because so many of the people they show killing themselves are just Galactic Empire soldiers that also happen to be terrorists. Yeah. Um, Mittenmeyer <laughs> and Thaw are drinking fancy beer this time. Um, they wonder about what they should do with Izzelhorn now that Yang's dead. Um, Rutenthal says that politically and military, militarily, there's still a need to attack Izzelhorn, both to cement the rulership and to get back this, you know, choke point. But uh, Mittenmeyer says that Reinhardt would never attack a force in mourning like that, and he says that he could probably allow them some time. Uh, the Galactic Empire, they talk about how the fleet's got to pivot to a new role of maintaining peace rather than fighting the enemy. Um, they say that's going to be weird for a lot of the admirals who have never had to deal with that sort of situations. Cough, cough, Bittenfield. <laughs> yeah. Mittenmeyer um, asks uh, Runenthal about his crazy girlfriend. Uh, I guess Runenthal figured out that they had a kid. It was a boy. Uh, Runenthal wonders if he will ever be able to kill him. Uh, Mittenmeyer says that uh, he doesn't even have a kid, so he can't even contemplate what the fuck is going on in Runenthal's mind. <laughs> Yeah, he's just, Runthal's like, I wonder if he'll even have my mismatched eyes and then come to shoot me in the fucking head. And Mittenmeyer's just like, I don't even have a kid, man, but this already sounds like a fucked up thing to be thinking about. And then, <laughs> and then Mittenmeyer's, or Rutenthal's just like, yeah, that is kind of whack. Well, let's get one more drink together and then I'll catch you later. And they have like a really awkward handshake. And I was like, immediately I thought like, Oh, Mittenmeyer's fucking dead. And then the narrator, fucking right on cue, is just like, this is the last time they'll have a drink and shake hands together. And I'm like, ah, damn it. Yeah, the yeah, narrator. like, well, I'll smell you later. The narrator says, he did not smell him later. Yeah, he I did feel not that the smell him later. kind of spoils that there. I feel <laughs> that by itself it was good enough foreshadowing. But I, I, I kind of get where they come from, but it was probably like the end of a chapter in the book or something. Like, I get that it's supposed yeah. to give some weight to that. That, that whole discussion and be like this is the last time they would you know this is like the the note they leave off on yeah the narrator yeah, kind of breaks the fourth well. wall in a historical context a lot even though they're mm-hmm. presenting this kind of in media res so i don't know uh, continuing on uh Izzelhorn company um so Izzelhorn's got news that Mueller's coming they wonder if it's going to be a sneak attack but uh they know that Ryan's personality, he wouldn't go want to sacrifice Muller, and they also know that Muller's a nice guy. It's going to be a sneak so. attack. Bittenfeld's going to pop out of a space barrel or something. <laughs> but yeah, they, they just mentioned, he's just like, first of all, that would be real shitty of Ryan. 
Second of all, if he was going to sacrifice somebody, he wouldn't sacrifice the good one. Yeah. Like, he has enough of an advantage, there's no reason for him to sacrifice somebody, but especially someone like Mueller. Yeah. So, um, Mueller comes onto the fortress, he salutes Yang in his coffin, um, gives Frederick the condolences, all that, you know, political stuff. Uh, there's a scene of him talking with Julian. Um, he's like, you know, I know what you're going to say, but I have to say it anyway. Uh, would you consider surrendering? Um, Julian pretty much turns it on and says, if Ryan died, would you change flags? And then Mueller's like, you know what? That was shitty of me to say. I'm sorry. He's like, sorry, sorry, had to, but yeah. Yeah, Mueller uh, asks, he's like, yeah, I know you're probably going to have some deserters. Uh, what are you going to do about those? And Julian's like, hey, could you uh, take them off the fortress for us? Uh, we're going to lose a bunch of them anyway. And then he's like, Make well, sure they're safe on their way to Highness. Yeah. You know, they're innocent. I'm surprised they were as open as, that Julian was as open as he was about this, but I guess he figured that they probably would have oh, expected would know, yeah. deserters. Yeah, I think they would know. And plus, while he says this, uh, Bueller says something to the effect of, like, you know, some of these guys may enlist in the Galactic Empire for us. Are you okay with that? And Julian's like, I, I can't be helped, really. Um, so we get a scene of Reinhardt. The narrator says that even though he was sickened in bed for the last couple of days, um, he's still doing work. Uh, the civilian people in his government aren't as good as the military people at keeping up with shit, uh, yeah, especially since Silverberg like, is gone. He- yeah, he has like incredibly good military leaders, but the political stuff is almost entirely on him. And since he uh, appointed Hilda in a position that gave her military, more military influence, she had to lose political influence in exchange. So he doesn't even have her to help him. And like mm-hmm. Ryan even like jokes about this while he's in bed. Like he's just kind of like, Haha, sure sucks ass. You can't help me anymore. <sighs> That's life, I guess. And it's like, you're a dictator. You can make it not life. Yeah. <laughs> don't you, you don't, you're so bad. At this. <laughs> he some, sometimes he doesn't see the uh, trees for the forest or I guess the other yeah. way around. Um, so Reinhardt is still not eating because he's busy and all that shit. The kid doctor asks him to eat and yells at the kid doctor, then weirdly pats him on the head. Again, his kid doctor is a weird surrogate kilky ice in these situations yeah like basically he's like sir you haven't eaten in two days you have to eat please eat and he's kind of like who the fuck do you think you are giving me or sorry man sorry it's been a rough day and kind of pats him on that he's like i'll try and eat for you bud and i can get the fuck out of here and it takes two bites of soup and then someone else comes in and like the narrator's like and Reinhardt definitely would have gone for a third and maybe even a fourth bite, but he really didn't want to. But then he got interrupted anyway, because, like, some random general comes in and you just show Reinhardt, like, lifting up the tray of food and just putting it to the side so that there could put be, like, more, more paperwork paper, yeah. in front of him. Um, yeah. We get a scene of him talking about Steinmetz's death. Um, apparently Steinmetz left in his will that he was going to give a bunch of stuff to some woman that wasn't related to him. Uh, he asks, I forgot who he asked about it, but I guess Steinmetz was seeing this woman, but they never married. And Ryan asked why he didn't married, And it was because Reinhardt was never married. So why should he get married, you know? And <laughs> Reinhardt, again, needs to fuck talking about his lineage. Um, yeah, like Reinhardt just straight up, he, at this point, too, he just acknowledges it. He's like, so y'all really want me to fuck, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's I like, don't want a blood lineage. Uh, I think that whoever had it should have the most power should take it. And he doesn't, he doesn't really yeah, he seem, straight up, doesn't he want says to like, he's like, he's like, well, I mean, sure, I'd be glad to have a son take over the throne, but he better be good. Like, I'm not going to give it to him if I don't think he can do it. <laughs> um, so the last couple scenes are uh, Rutenthal is heading out to Heinesen uh, to be dictator of New Land or whatever it is. Um, he wonders if Reinhardt sees him as a loyal cog in the system or as the admiral he is. 
Uh, Mittmeyer is talking on the ship. Uh, Mittmeyer is going to Odin, I think. Um, I have in the note here, Mittmeyer tells Underling to get a girlfriend. Yeah, his girlfriend is, is Underling. He's sort of like, so, Underling, do you have... A girlfriend? No, I'm 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 married to the, was he says I'm married I'm, to the, fleet, I'm married to the military. It's like something I'm like married that. to the fleet. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like it just oh, like my fleet is my girlfriend. And Mittenmeyer's just like, look, I can help you with a lot of military stuff, but you're gonna have to learn self acquisition at some point, bud. And just like pats him <laughs> on the shoulder and walks the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, and the last scene is uh, Mittenmeyer wondering if democracy will still be around without Yang and what they're gonna do on his horn. And that's that's it. And guy, lot went on. Yeah, these episodes had a lot occur. Um, like, man, the amount of like mental breakdown we're finally seeing Ryan undergo, and the fact that like Yang is dead, kind yeah. of a big deal. There was a lot of compounding things, like the fact that he sees himself in that one scene as the bloodlusting ruler that he really is, and then he immediately feels guilty about it, and then learning about Yang and yelling at. Hildegard and then losing it again like it, he's it's starting to become evident that a lot of pressure is being built up on him and he has no real output for it yeah like the only way he relieved stress was battle and, and even no then battle, it was on tax on his body because like I mean he was fighting for like days straight and eventually has that fever and has to retreat and is now also just, like, not eating. I'd feel so better if I could just have three spoons of soup. Oh, no, time for me. <laughs> One, two, oh, oh beans. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beans. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing is, is there's, like, in these episodes, they managed to get a lot of setup in, too. Because there's, like, you know, Rutenthal going out to do his It's segueing into the next chapter, and I think, that actually, this next episode, or... 85, I think, is where season four starts. So, Okay. I mean, it makes sense that they would end immediately after... All that. All of this. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I guess I'm the only person who can, like, try and crack a guess at what happens next, uh, since I am... <laughs> Everybody lived one. happily ever after. That's right, Giap. No, uh, I'm... Oberstein, I don't think he's going to do anything like mad underhanded to Reinhardt, but I think he's super duper could do something mad underhanded to Runethal yeah. and try and like they don't fuck with him. It's very obvious they don't like each other. They extremely fucking hate each other to the point that Rutenthal, while drinking with his best friend, said, man, wouldn't it be cool if that guy fucking died? <laughs> like, straight up, like, man, wouldn't it be pretty good for the universe as a whole? Like, that's a pretty fucked up thing to say when you think about it. It's like, that would just be like, man, you know, if G-Up just got shot, I feel like Earth would just be pretty nice. But times like a thousand? Like, what a fucked up thing to say about somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting, um, especially Rutenthal has some character stuff going to go on. Um, Julian, of course, is going to be in a more prominent position than he even was, even though he was, like, I guess the second protagonist behind Yang and Reinhardt, really. Um, yeah, he was, like, on all the um, the whole episode ending things, you know, the closed credits and all that, Julian was always the basically the centerpiece or the final closing thing of, you know, I remember when I was watching with my brother, you know, we saw him taking like a pretty prominent role in those. And we figured that eventually there'd be like a focus of like, you know, him being the protagonist or something or main mm -hmm. protagonist. 
Yeah, didn't figure I mean, that yet. Didn't figure that Yang would get killed though. Yeah, I mean, at least on the free plan alliance side, since Yang is out of the picture, most of the protagonist stuff is going to be centered on Julian now. But that's not really a shocker. Yeah, it's not like Popelon's going to be the main character. Suddenly. Surprise! Yeah, it's just Popelon's adventures now. I, I again am like just so glad that Yang's death was done in the way it was. Yeah, like I I was worried they were going to do. A big, you know, especially with with how like Yang has kind of been just too good throughout most of the series. I was like, oh, they're it. gonna give him, yeah, they're gonna give him a big Valhalla send off and do this big glorious thing and blah blah blah. And then like, no, nah, he just got fucking capped. <laughs> he just he just got shot in like a random scuffle. And yeah, I think that's just that's so good because like you always hear the stories about like yeah, this general was just like sitting on top of his horse and it turns out that meant he was higher than everyone else so he just got shot or something yeah exactly yeah he <laughs> died taking a shit <laughs> well that's it for these episodes then it went a bit longer this time but i feel like that's okay because i feel like a pretty big event occurred in the middle of these episodes yeah. i'm not sure exactly what it was but i feel like a big <laughs> thing happened <laughs> it was pulp oh so, yeah yeah, so 85 to 89 next time. Yep. And, uh, well, see you next time uh, for more space anime. Space anime. By the way, this is Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Huh? Fuck!